Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I hope everybody is uh, listening to this where some, somewhere warm after a uh, the beast from the east has, uh, has frozen the country and as we sit here potentially puts Everton's game at Burnley in doubt but given their away form getting a cancellation may not be the worst thing <laughs> at all. Uh, I'm the Everton reporter Phil Kirkbride and joined by uh, Gavin Buckland and Adam Jones today as we Look ahead to the game uh, at Turf Moor, but I've not long returned from Finch Farm where Sam Allardyce has given his pre-match press conference and in keeping with, with Sam, it was a significantly lively press conference with a number of talking points from the press conference uh, that you will have seen streamed live uh, for, on Everton's website. And obviously, we have different different time with the managers, so some interesting stuff coming later, but we'll we'll flag that up later in the day. Um Gav, start with you. We, we just before we started recording, we we ran down a couple of the sort of yeah. the headline points from the press. Which one for you is the one that you you'll be talking uh, about tonight ooh. with your mates at the pub? Which one? Oh. <laughs> um, that's a good question. About three of them, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> go on, tell, was, me, tell me the top one. I then. think the one that people will possibly go and may think. And you know, regards, but particularly with regards Sam is that about the Newcastle and West Ham thing. They've got to explain that one. Yeah, which I think Sam said that I can't remember the exact. Paraphrase. Bit, 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 a little bit like Newcastle. The West expectation Ham. is the same. Yeah. Isn't, and yeah. also as well, apart from that, we've won something more recently than recent years. It's perhaps it depends what you mean by but recent, recent years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's two sides to that argument. The first is Evan and Ambassador's traditionally big club, blah, 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 blah. You know, we should be in the top six and that type of thing. And so I can understand if that's where you think we should be, then actually we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to Newcastle and West Ham. The, the, the other argument is, which I think is the right argument, is actually if you landed from Planet Zog uh, today and said, which club do you think Evan are most like, both in turnover, size of crowds, West Ham, as we know, have got the stadium, massive season ticket waiting list. Income size of crowds, media interest, all that type of stuff. Then Newcastle and West Ham is about the right parameter, and especially where we collectively, all three of us are on the table at the moment. So uh, I think Sam was probably right in what he said there in terms of where we are at the moment. Um, and but he's not playing the game. But he's not. But he's not not playing the game. Uh, but I've not got a problem with that. Okay. I think if you want to progress, you've got to assess where you are at this moment okay. in time. And I see things comparing us to the top six, and oh, we should be doing. We're doing not as much commercial as Arsenal and Tottenham. We need to. Well, actually, we're not in that league yet. You've only got to see the turnover in, of those clubs and their Champions League, so Premier League performance over the last ten years. 
um, albeit Spurs are more recent. So I think Newcastle, West Ham, dare I say, probably somebody like Aston Villa mm. are our benchmarks at the moment, yeah. unfortunately. Um, and we've done nothing over the last two years to move away from that. You know, it, it just smacks of being not very ambitious, though, doesn't it? Like it, it's very. Like, I felt like throughout throughout this 2017-2018 season, yeah, our performances haven't been great, but like it's been so pragmatic off the pitch as well. Like we've we've regressed so so much into into this. Now we've got Allardyce saying almost every press conference, yeah, let's get mathematically safe, and you know fans just don't want to hear that at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Is it, let's play devil's advocate then. Is Sam just being realistic in a squad that's underperformed, inconsistent? Lacks discipline, fails to turn up away from home, goes missing in big games, or should he be more savvy and go? Actually, let's accentuate, accentuate the virtues. Let's try and build on the positives in the last ten games of the season. We are three points off seven. Let's yeah. try and rescue a mess of a season. But, but to be fair, he said that about Burnley. I think he said that Burnley's supposed to be having a good season now. I mean, we're like yeah. sort of three or four points behind them, all within touching distance. I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, going back to Ad's point, the short-term realism and long-term ambition, isn't it? And I think we're a bit sort of into the long, the longer-term ambition is is that top six, isn't it? In the short term, we are where we are. Mm. Um, so I, I agree with them on that. Um, and I don't see the point of just saying, "Oh, let's let's build a sixty thousand seat stadium, let's be like the top six just for the sake of it." You got to you got to do something about it. And the first thing you do in any business when you want to do something about something, you assess where you are and who your current rivals mm. are, and say, "This is this is the benchmark to progress. We need to move from here." Yeah, but you don't so, often play yourself down, though, do you? Well, are we playing ourselves down by saying we'd like Newcastle and West Ham? I'd say the planet dog argument. Somebody will say, "Well, actually, you're not." You're basically making an honest assessment of where we are. We don't need to take our blue tinted No, but like, you, you, you can definitely say that we're underperforming being where we are now. With the squad that we've got, we are definitely... Do you think so? Un- yeah, we're underperforming being in, what, ninth? Like, at the start of the season, if you'd have said, yeah, we'd be in ninth, we'd have one away win all yeah. season. Like, there's, there's no way there's no way you'd say that was... Yeah, that that I, I expect yeah. that. And. Um, no. With with yeah, Newcastle just coming up from the Championship, should we really be, should we really be, seeing them as a benchmark in terms well, of league position? The, I don't the think table. So. I don't know how many points Newcastle are behind us. I mean, many, like yeah, probably yeah. many. And West Ham are sort of there or thereabouts. It's, I know what you say. I think what you're saying there is, haven't spent whatever we spent during the summer and in January. You know, we should be expecting a little bit, bit better than nine, shouldn't we? Um, and Phil, you did the piece this week about the two years under machine. Mm. Like you know, it should be better than ninth. But when you actually see the squad, and you've just run through a list of a whole whole host of yeah, you know, negative characteristics. If you, you would say there, Phil, there's actually ninth is about part of the course. It could be argued that in three or four games, you got ourselves out of jail at home this season. It could be a hell mm. of a lot, uh, hell of a lot worse for me. Hmm. Uh, this is a whole pod in itself, isn't it? What do you think, Phil? In terms of what Sam said about expectation yeah, West Ham's... Yeah. I think Everton's expectations should be bigger than West Ham's and Newcastle's, yeah. based on recent history. I appreciate that those two clubs would argue we have... You know we have you know storied backgrounds and all of the rest yeah. of it, but no, I I believe that Everton's expectations should be higher than those two football clubs, and within the context of this season, I think Sam 
Look, I don't. You, you see Sam, you hear what he says, read what he says. It's not a man who's going to change. No, 63 years old, he's long in the tooth, he's been around the block many times, been at many football clubs, believes in what he does, whether you agree with it or not, won't change. Now, he won't, he won't look back at what he said today and nobody the foot, even if even if anybody at the football club advised him otherwise he will he will not regret anything he said but you sh- you could have a point of saying Sam you need to be a bit savvier here if you if you think that you're long, you want to see out this 18 month contract yes results yes performances they're critical but you need the supporters on your side and saying things like that don't work now you can say yeah well, if he doesn't, you know, he shouldn't pander to, to support. He shouldn't patronise or condescend yeah. supporters. Absolutely right, and nobody wants nobody wants us to go back to this sort of a fake love for the club that Martinez maybe had at times. Yeah. But he's not doing himself any favours. No. I think that would be my point, and I think whether he is honestly held belief is the expectation is the same here as it is at West Ham or Newcastle. He maybe should have just. Reserve that judgment or publicly anyway, or qualified mm. a little bit. Yeah, more, go on. yeah. But you know, given yeah. the money, given the ambition, but look, but I don't think he's going to change. So no, no. But, but this is the problem, isn't it? So if you put managers in eighteen month contracts, this is always that mm. that payoff, yeah. isn't it? That you're actually you're going to naturally get short to him. And is thinking, it, you know? And is there a you know you look, without being this being an Allardyce bashing session, which you know I don't think it is. No, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. I'm just. Without it becoming that, is there an inherent, for want of a better word, negative mindset with Sam because of the clubs he's been at mm. and the tasks he's undertaken at those football clubs has generally been keepers up. I think yeah. that I think that was always what we were going to get with Allardyce, and that's why there were quite a big section of fans who maybe didn't didn't want him to come into the club. That I think I think he he does just come come with that. Like yeah. keep us up attitudes, like he gets a forty points, mathematically safe, and then, and then build from there. I think that m- maybe since his time at Bolton, that's just yeah. what he's been used to. There is another point which he's actually very where he is. You have to believe to a degree his opinion, the fact that he's managed all three clubs, hasn't he? Well, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's managed Everton, he's managed Newcastle, he's managed West Ham. He's seen the ambition, the atmosphere around the club, and stuff like that. And if, if you know, and I think that's probably one. He's not picked them out of things just on two, two teams yeah. out of the table and said, "Okay." Mm. You know, I think he's probably said, "Well, based on my experience as being manager of those three clubs, I would say yeah. that that yeah. ambition, expectation, blah blah blah, is something something similar." And um, so I think. He's he's actually quite well qualified, probably better qualified than most to make make that assessment. But I do get the point that actually we probably need to be seen to be be rising above that a little bit at the moment. Yeah, um, and I think I, I, I get both sides of the argument. Just about Scott, he's not here, by the way. <laughs> interesting discussion between me and him. But like, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, but put, let me put this to both of you though. In look, Sam, metaphorically, physically, broad-shouldered guy, right? For want of a better phrase, is he impervious to that level of that acute criticism or that level of expectation of the fan? Is it? Does it? He'd be aware of it. But what I'm saying is, Sam, the sort of manager, the single-minded, strong-headed manager who actually doesn't allow the, the, the you know the online world or whatever yeah. to come into into his thinking. It doesn't. Now, 
because he's just no this is how we do it and yeah he may be aware on the periphery of the ambition of the football club in inverted commas and the expectancy but he's getting that from a limited number of people although they may share the same yeah, sentiments yeah. he's not getting the full hit if you know what I mean but that's, that's the thing about like having an 18 month contract and mm. Sam was brought in to do a job I mean the understanding is I don't know you back, you know that actually but for circumstances might have even been a shorter term contract than 18 yeah. months Sam was brought in to do a specific job so he's going to like judge himself and pass judgments on other things based on what you're saying about that job he's got to do which is to keep Everton up mm. and yeah. therefore I you know that's why he says Newcastle messed up if you had another manager I mean, I know we spoke last time as into another manager who's just come in who's got a four or five year contract he's probably not going to say that is he no he's going to have a completely different mindset which is this is effectively why there's been some of the conversations this week about some of the point is though when, when, he, when he first came to the club he, like, he, he wanted to make very clear that this was probably the biggest club that yeah, he'd yeah, yeah, ever yeah. been at this was, this was going to be a, like, a different kind of challenge that he ever would have had before so why is comparing us to his times at Newcastle and West Ham that's, that's no different like he, it seems yeah. like he's fallen back into his his cycle that he's been in for the last few years and like yeah. Everton should be better than that Everton should be above that and I do agree that he, he's probably not going to get let outside influence affect but, him yeah. too easily and honestly that that might be a good thing in the long run but yeah. it, it's not what Everton need right now and ultimately and again we've speculated about his long term future and we'll come on to that because he was asked about his future ultimately <laughs> is this conversation our conversations, other people's conversations at this time, ultimately meaning if Sam is relieved of his duties in the summer. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you don't know what the conversations are behind the scenes and what that culture is. That actually, if a new manager comes in, mm. does he inherit that culture? We, we don't know. It's an it's an interesting one. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, the, the other thing then is is like it, it, we don't talk about new. Ma- but like I, I do think that um, this I didn't think Prano did a piece today didn't he around mm. the director yes. football role and stuff like this isn't it that's all part of the same yes. same issue isn't it um, and so yeah it'd be interesting to see it could be a redundant conversation mm. but maybe there is still a lot of work to be done behind the scenes yeah. to like move us move us forward which yeah. I think we all acknowledge yes, yes completely you know? agree. yeah um, one of the other standout lines from the top table press conference at Finch Farm this morning was Sam, as I said, was asked directly about his speculation based, uh, so speculation of his future based on a national newspaper story this week which said that Everton were drawing up potential replacements uh, already. Um, Adam, Sam said he was surprised, that was his word he used, by the speculation, but equally uh, saying, look, nothing's changed as far as he's concerned, results will determine... His, his long-term future. When he said he was surprised, do you believe Sam, or do you think that was him, maybe trying to bite back a little bit, bit, and 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 sort of almost, whilst trying to remain cool and calm about the situation, not get flustered, with actually him suggesting that he, you know, he he was uh, not not overly enthused to see to see those reports. Yeah, I th- I think certainly the latter. Like when he when he was first asked asked the question, he made the point to go. Oh, I've been asked this question loads of times, etc. I think it, I think he was maybe just playing the game a bit when he said, "Oh, I'm surprised." Listen, our our home form has been good, as as he keeps saying, but it's not it's not just down to home form. He said himself, it will all be decided on whether the results are good enough. Results decide 
whether a manager's under pressure or not and then, and then in turn whether the players are under pressure as well from the manager he's going to feel the brunt of the pressure if these players don't turn around that away form and he knows that I mean it, 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 it's not a big jump to then go to look at our away form and go oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be under a bit of pressure for my job soon so I, I, I don't think he will have been particularly surprised. I think he is just playing the game a little bit there. Yeah, I think he's right. I mean, I have to remember that all this is all the way troubles go back way beyond before Sam was, yes, uh, yeah. Sam was appointed. I mean, if you have a look at his, uh, dare I say, his points per game ratio was actually better, I think, after seven games than mm. by Coombe and Stoke Hunsworth mm. after the Crystal Palace win. So it's a problem that's been there for, for a while. Um, well, since January 2017. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's one win in 22 away games yes that's like right that. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and not only that the, the performances haven't been, been great but I, I do agree I think Sam's just protecting himself there I think yeah. he'll, know, he'll know full well um, and as when we spoke about Allardyce being appointed in whenever it was saying then you know what you go one of the things with Sam that and I sat in this room and said like why why I would have Sam is you know what you're going to get with Sam. Does what he says in the tin. It does you know you know what you're going to get. You're going to get. It's not going to be brilliant. It's not going to be, you know, uh, pretty to watch or whatever. But but if you think about the dark period we were there in the dark place we were in there, yeah. actually that was something that I thought we needed. So I'm not going to turn now now no, and yeah. say you know in February or early March. It's saying like, oh, I'm a bit disappointed the way things have panned out on the playing style and things like that, because that, that's what we no, needed. I, I, you, know? you know, and I, I was I was totally on board as well, yeah. Gavin. I, I, I'm fully fully with you on that one. I, I, I felt at that time that he had to come in and, and sort it out. And as I said on Monday, I actually think he's been a victim of his own success in that the speed at which he's got Everton out of, of the mire. Yeah. And he's now been presented with a challenge sooner in the season than he probably thought he was gonna gonna get. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's had, it, it, it hasn't been helped that everybody's been as incompetent as us in the I think the problem is though, like when, when Allardyce came in, like one of the main things that everyone was expecting was like, oh well at least we'll be defensively mm. solid now. We haven't kept a clean sheet since Boxing, Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yeah. We haven't yeah. kept a clean sheet since Boxing Day. We've been absolutely been... mullered by Spurs and Arsenal yeah. in in the yeah. space of yeah. Like the last month and a half. Yeah. Are we really getting what we expected from Allardyce? I'm, he, I'm not too sure. Well, no, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a fair, that, that is a very fair point. But the overall, the overall sort of on and off the pitch with Allardyce. Yeah. You know, I, I think we have. But it's a fair point. I mean, they'd argue that defensively we've had a few injuries and, and stuff like that. That's not helped. Uh, but then again, that's down to the the people concerned to bring replacements well, in and we've had yeah, then, then again uh, you'd have to say that makeshift defence that we had of Kenny Williams Holgate and Martina that, that's arguably been our best, best defensive lineup that yeah. we've had all season yeah, yeah that was the one really that was in just before Christmas yeah that was when Hunsworth's yeah. last game he brought that in yeah. didn't he mm. Yeah, it's an interesting point. It's probably worth noting that they only got a clean sheet at West Brom because Rondon carried a barn door. Dear me, West Ham, uh, West Brom. Sorry, they have got some troubles, haven't they? But um, <laughs> I mean, the the in the years in that period, they probably our best way performance was Liverpool in the FA Cup, wasn't yeah, it? Really? Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting yeah. because that yeah. was that was the that was the game. Even though obviously we lost, people went. We've had to go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We yeah. played quite well. We had a plan, but we counter attacked. We looked pacey. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's just never, they've never built on that, have well, they? I don't, I don't think people would be bothered if most of our away performances have been like that, but the reality is they've been more like the Watford game that we've just went to, and it, it's just drab and dull and there's just really not a lot going on on the pitch at all for Everton. Thankfully, saying to Phil last week, thankfully I've, I've missed that game. <laughs> 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 it's a good one to miss. Another quickie this morning about Davy Classen. Yeah, the ever. Uh, yeah, he seems to be get, yeah. getting better in the longer he's out. Yeah. I think Banquo's ghost. I think some people think he's a bit Ballon d'Or. <laughs> <laughs> so we've gone from Ballon d'Or to Ballon d'Or. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's probably worth thirty million. <laughs> now, why the piece here really surely isn't it that the three players have been brought in from the continent over the last six seven months? Yeah, have not settled in. I give. Toasting a little bit of breathing space there because obviously only been there for six six weeks or so. Is that something that is a a pattern that we concern us at the moment? I think I think maybe we're just victims of bad coincidence. Really, I think players coming over from Holland always seem to have a tough time adapting to the Premier League, especially like attacking midfielders. Like I've said it before, Christian Eriksen when he first came over. To uh, to Spurs, he really wasn't wasn't up to yeah. standard for the first six maybe six months maybe a year yeah. of his time, and then we've obviously got a young a young player in Sandro Ramirez. I think like his his season at, at Malaga was that his first his real season yeah, yeah. starting yeah, yeah. fi- start yeah, yeah. first team football for like he's, he is he is still a young talent. He's still got a lot to learn, and to to ask someone like that to adapt as quickly as we needed him to. To the Premier League, what with not signing mm. a proper replacement for Lukaku, uh, I think that was maybe a bit tough. And then Tosin as well, like as you say, he's only been here for about six weeks. I think it may, might be a bit too early Are to we, judge. I, th- yeah. I think, um, in terms of Claston and Sandro, I had high hope for both of them, particularly Sandro. And I think we've, we spoke about that on, the, on this pod extensively. Um, I felt Sandro had more of the attributes to, to, yeah. to sort of hit the ground running more. And I totally take into account the foreign players come over and it's difficult and I get that and, and you know you've got to have certain allowances but I think we've seen so little from either yeah. that that gives you some serious concerns that they'll ever actually cut it. Yeah. And I think it's not as if Sandro has, has, has put in performances off the bench or look like he's going to score and he just, can't, just yeah. can't find the back of the net. He's got once in the Europa League, that's as good as we've seen. And Classen looks so far physically off it. Now, everything from what Sam says, and we hear it about Finch Farm, is that his training, he sucks off. His attitude is exemplary. But he does look like a boy in a man's game, unfortunately, yeah. doesn't he? Mm. Now, yeah. touch wood, and hopefully something clicks over the summer and, he, and he, he just gets used to it. But I wouldn't be betting any serious money on that. Yeah, it's a bit concerning when we spend about 24 million. It's £30 million pounds worth of player, yeah. isn't it? yeah. I think it might it might be so important for him for us to get mathematically safe as Allardyce says. About like we can afford to give him a bit more game time off the bench maybe because he's mm. he's not even been getting that. He hasn't featured in the Premier no, League since December, September. Yeah. His last game December. His last game yeah. his last game was against Limassol yeah. away. Yeah. Uh, so I mean but Because Tosin, okay, I get that. Like there's been a couple of a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Yeah. But it's the fact that he's another one who pays like that physical side. Yeah, is again is something that. Um, I mean, if he, he can pays. go shoulder to shoulder with Dale Fay, <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah. he did on Saturday, then yeah. you know we're yeah. all right. Yeah, we're but all right, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean. And, and and I think 
it goes back to you know Penno's piece today around the recruitment strategy at Everton and the, particularly from abroad. You know, are we are we confident that we're just using the right sort of parameters, right rules about buying players from abroad? Are we? doing our homework properly about the well, type of player and, and things like that without know. I know put, put words in your mouth Gav but is the scouting system fit for purpose is that is that kind of what you're saying yeah. well I'm just saying that I could I could see I, I, again it's with Tosin I'm not sure how going forward but if you're judging on those three players you'd be I think if you were a supporter you'd be saying well actually are we doing our homework right properly on mm. players players mm. from the continent Having said that, we all thought, and some great experts thought that Sanzo was one of the bargains. Well, the I did. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I so did. People are know a lot more of the league than us, you know. So, so it's just, and I, that, that's what concerns me. Um, and you always got to take a gamble. And 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 the thing is, you players are coming in for the team with slow and confidence and all that as well. Yeah. Like, you know, mm. so I've got to take that into account. Even the best managers get it, get yeah, it wrong. Yeah, get it wrong. Alex it's Ferguson just, bought a couple of duds. Well, he went to his, you know, Jemba Jemba. Yeah, and you know. didn't he? Like, so you, know, you yeah. have to you have to give the management team whatever the director of football some slack in yeah, that respect yeah. but it's gone so, in so many ways so badly wrong hasn't it and and they spent over the odds to get players who haven't worked but that's where the criticism yeah. comes in over yeah. four windows now yeah. in that process the, mm. the concern about Chen Tosin I've got I've really not seen enough apart from I don't know if he had spares he actually blocked as if mm. you know he had something about him is if you come if you come to a club in the January transfer window and you patently, I want to say he's not, got a lack of fitness, but there appears to be a lack of sharpness there, it becomes very, very difficult to generate momentum. You know, and I always think back to James BC was a prime example of that. But he came to us in the January transfer window in 2005. He's patently not fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, and, there's and, a reason why players move in general because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not playing. Yeah, mm. and he wasn't. Other than Chenk, by the way, he was playing. Yeah, yeah. Good. I think for BC as well. I think he down two was like because I think he wanted to leave. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, allegedly. But anyway, but you know, and I think um, it becomes very difficult. Then you then into the summer, and then you've got to build your fitness up again and all mm. this, and and that that's a disappointing thing in me about this transfer as more than anything else is that he's got to try and generate some momentum. Of, and a presence now that actually, if it had been fully fit, me bought him in the summer, maybe maybe would well, have done that. I was going to say, this all goes back to the so, summer, yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. that, that is, you know, ground zero in Everton's yeah, problems, yeah. isn't it, so to speak, that they didn't replace Rom, didn't get Giroud or another in. So if they'd got Tosin in, if Tosin had been the one they wanted in the summer as backup to Giroud, he, by now, you we would know, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yes or no, whether he's going to do it. Hopefully, he would be. He would be firing in all cylinders. But, but my um, my issue with the issue for me with Tosin is, he looks like the return of Yelovich. Now, I say this yeah. positively, but for me, where you know, if you ask the question, where did Yelovich? Where was he best? In the box. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't running the channels really. No. He wasn't holding the ball up really. So Tosin, I feel, is a player that will come alive in the box. Give him a chance, and I think that's where you get yeah. your money's worth. Mm. But Everton don't create chances. No. Yeah, I don't think he's had a clear-cut chance in his Everton career yet, no. has he? No, no. It's about five players. And so we, yeah. we've gone, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, this yeah. is not his fault, but we've gone from having a far more complete, in inverted commas, striking Rom, who could do a bit of everything, yeah. mm. to having somebody who's good in the box, but not great outside of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think if it, yeah, so he's been 
it's not just him himself. It's it's the team that he's coming to. Mm. You know, maybe should bring Stephen Pienaar back. Dovetail, lovely, lovely segue. Yeah, so yeah. obviously, um, the other news this week, obviously other than the misery at Goodison, was that Stephen Pienaar has announced his retirement from football at the age of thirty-five. Uh, had gone back to South Africa to play. Uh, I think he'd been released by his club, uh, mm. and called time on his career this week and we spoke to him on Thursday morning gave us a really entertaining and enlightening interview loads of uh, funny anecdotal stuff um, Gav what did you want to say about Pinar and- uh, we were talking before we came in like about how that um, the t- t- sort of 2007 to 2010 period of now look that wistfully yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to be fair you know, in terms of the Premier League and, and a couple of years after that with Moyes as well um, you can you can see why um, when you see the players we've got, and you know, it's had many times when we've had this like sort of criticism for being one-dimensional, pragmatic, and actually, but at the midfield with P and Ozzy and Arteta, then you know, but Landon Donovan on loan, you've bought Morales, you know, <laughs> mm. you know, um, from somebody supposed to be a defensive manager, you actually had a lot of players you could who play. You probably Fellaini could play, couldn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mind having a look at Flaine if he was Flaine or something about him. Separate, <laughs> uh, separate. But anyway, going back to PNR, yeah, when you have a look at the highlights reel, as an, as an individual player, he produced four or five, you know, actually great moments. It was the back heel for Aussie's goal, which mm. was brilliant, you know. But the a couple of goals at Villa Park, he, he, yes. he, he were brilliant. Um, and of course, and two, two other things. He scored one of the most important goals in the history of English football, if you think about it. Goal, yeah, tell Which us. is the 4 all. Yeah. You know, equalising the 4 all game at Old Trafford. Because if he doesn't score that, you don't get any of the last day last day drama at Man City. Yeah. Mm. And I know where uh, Ferguson, his book, was said, like, he, he said in his last day, or actually, he said, he knew PR, he was furious over PR's goal because he knew then that's cost us, right. that's cost us the title, you know. So he produced a you know really significant moments, but he's always going to be remembered, I think, for that telepathic partnership with Baines, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Which it's to be fair, and I've been going to having a long time, as you know, as partnerships go, it's, it's as good as any mm. I've seen in my forty odd years of watching Evan. Mm. You know, yeah, easy. Yeah, that's as good. As I, any. I remember I wrote a column a couple of months ago saying the team don't have those partnerships anymore. Now I know yeah. Pinar and Baines was up the right up there, yeah. but when was the last time an Everton team before? Oh, so yeah. since since Pinar and Baines in his pomp, even anywhere on the team, when was the last partnership yeah. you could name? I mean, Barkley and yeah. Lukaku had something going for a little bit, didn't he? Under Martinez when Barkley was playing just behind them. Yeah. But in terms of like season in, season out, uh, for lots of reasons, uh, and I just thought, I don't. They made each other better players, but they were good players in yeah. in the first place. So I don't get this thing of Pinar made Baines look good. One Baines' best periods for Everton was the year when P&R was at Spurs, you know, mm. so uh, I don't get that. Um, so that, that for me is the prime, mm. the prime thing that, which many with the best, it was literally even good teams, you, you couldn't, I think Gary Neville was saying yeah. that, he ended up retiring because he couldn't cope with them, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, and the excellent, uh, excellent, uh, 2.5 million buy, wasn't he, P&R? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Adam. So, so Pinar came from Ajax. You know, he went, obviously moved to Germany and then came to Everton. So, why was he able to be a success in the Premier League, and someone like Davy Klassen hasn't been able to so far? What is it about about Stephen then? Forty minutes. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I think 
I think Pino was made. He's made. He's come into a certainly a more confident team back back then. He's come mm. into a yeah, much, yeah. much more organised team as it yeah. as it stands with David Davy Moyes at, at the helm. I think Pinar maybe the style of player he was may has maybe helped him out a bit. He's such like he was such a naturally gifted player. Like for me, like I can only remember watching Everton from the two thousands. I haven't seen many many better naturally gifted players than him. Maybe Arteta, mm. probably just that little bit cut above. Was but, he just naturally tough? Yeah. Because for me, I, I I tell this story quite a bit. I when I went to Singapore in the summer twenty fifteen the Asia Trophy and it's pre-season yeah. it's a friendly game Everton played Stoke in the semi-final yeah. and Pina got kicked to high heaven yeah. he just they just took lumps mm. out of him and I thought this is ridiculous but if that's this is what it's like in pre-season yeah. mm. he must have taken so much punishment during, his, during the actual competitive stuff yeah. yet he kept playing and kept coming yeah. back and oh, just yeah. a magnet wasn't he, he was mm. just an absolute magnet for fouls but yeah. then he was just so, so cool on the pitch. Like my my favorite goal that he ever scored for us was when he came off the bench against Hull. Yeah. And he just runs onto that cross. I still don't know how he does it. Like just yeah. like that little nonchalant flick into the far corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he just jogs onto it. Just yeah. doesn't break yeah. stride. And then turns over a flag in the crowd yeah. and then just runs back to a position. I think Ozzy said when we had Ozzy in last year, Ozzy said yeah. that he was the most talented player. I think he he did see him at the club. He was more talented him than Arteta. I think a good question. Uh, I'd, I'd argue that Ozzy was in there as well in terms of natural yeah. talent, by the way, and technique. Um, I'd, I'd have to say Pienaar could, in terms of skill, mm. like that, doing mm. unusual stuff. I don't know. I think, yeah, I mean, there's one goal. I'll test it. it when he first came and he was playing yeah. on the wing. Before he'd done his ligaments, did yeah. he, Newcastle. Yeah, I get that. You'd watch Arteta. You'd watch Arteta as best before Pienaar, but in terms of doing something, oh, that was a bit, you mm. know, a bit, you know, bit, bit good. I mean, there's a goal scored, Sahar scored. You probably watch it on YouTube, whatever. We beat them three one in the final game of the 0809 season before they went to the cup final. Three one to Goodison, and Pienaar gets the ball by the Gladys Street uh, byline. And he, he goes one way and goes the other, and he takes about four West Ham players <laughs> out and just rolls the ball across the uh, the six yard box for, for Sahar to uh, t- to put in. And uh, yeah, he's a tremendous player, and I think it's it's, it's, it's without stating the bleeding obvious, it's what was a player we've never replaced, isn't it? Just never yeah. replaced them. There's, yeah. a, there's a theme in that though, isn't there? And again, yeah. this yeah. is a podcast in itself. I don't think they replaced Cahill for his characteristics. No. Not as a footballer, because I don't think he's particularly good as a footballer, no. but. Effective and competitive yeah. and influential. No, they haven't replaced him. No. So now you could maybe add Pina to that well, list. Well, you'd probably replace, you'd say Arteta. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that Jags is still playing mm. nearly ten years after that period, the yeah. same way they've struggled to replace Jags. You know. And yeah. how, many, how many Everton players in the past, I don't know, ten years, would go clean through Arsenal? And do and put Al Mooney on his backside and yeah. do that. Yeah, I forgot about that goal as well. You know, that, 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 that just sums up his like cool. Nonchalance, almost, yeah. almost way of playing, mm. but like, it, it, it found the line of not, not being like cocky, cocky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, not being cocky. It was just all right. Well, I'm good enough to do this. I know I'm good enough. Yeah. I'm gonna do it, and we haven't had to play it like that yeah. in a good yeah. while. That was a great finish. That he had, he had a long way to run there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had half the pitch. Remember that game? Two all. They scored the last kick yeah. of the game, yeah. didn't he? James Vaughan two one right through in a similar, similar position to PNR exactly right yeah. through. 
and he, he hit his Still can't believe he didn't win that game. I thought it was quite telling about what about what Pinar. He was all about skill, and, but obviously Clean Moyes values yeah, yeah. valued other attributes because he called him his marathon man yeah. at one point. And I thought you think about that, Craig. There's a play that Moyes goes, I can rely on him, yeah. but also he does he does the business at the other end of the pitch. That's um, that's a player really there, isn't it? That's yeah, a real player. Mil. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And he's had about five different. He had two loan spells, two permanent spells. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but what did he say about Sam generally? Did he enjoy it? Phil, did he, there's already said, was that the message about PR, his time at Evan? Did he enjoy it? Did he say? Yeah, yeah no, he, he yeah, talked, yeah. Uh, you know, he talked glowingly about it. You know, it was, you know, I asked him specific about specific people that brought him there, but, you know, you, you can you can tell in the way he spoke about, about that time. Um, it, it clearly has been the the best time of his career. It's yeah. where he was he was best. You know, obviously he went to Spurs and he he came back, didn't he? And, yeah. um, no, he, you don't need to even ask him to know that what playing Everton meant and, and how he felt about about the football club. So um, no, it's great to chat too. It's funny about Jags. Did you read that bit? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't read it, he. Uh, I asked him who his favourite teammate Everson was and he said it was Jagielka because he said he used to wind him up and say why do you always kick it long when you can just pass it to me but he yeah. did it because he said he got the best out of Jag so he kept winding him up <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was very funny yeah yeah yeah. so quickly just from mm. tomorrow yes mm-hmm. yeah obviously hopefully as, if on yeah hopefully as we sit here it will be on obviously we'll, we will um, bring you the latest as and when we get it from Burnley um, but you know, there there is an element of doubt. You know, we don't know whether it, you know the pitch will be fine and everything. It's just obviously the surrounding areas and and the safety of the supporters. Um, if it is on Adam, what do you expect? Uh, don't say another away day of misery. <laughs> <laughs> well, which it probably will be, but yeah, look, Burnley are really good at home. Sean Dyche has got them really well drilled. We're in some dreadful away form at the minute. Burnley haven't haven't won in twelve. Twelve, yeah, yeah it's it? amazing. Yeah, 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 it's still seventh. Yeah. Is it? Well, yeah. That's proof. The points what I've said. Before, haven't haven't won in twelve. The so. dearth of yeah. quality below six. Let's, uh, yeah. let's hope Everton don't break that kind of record for once. I'll go for a draw. I'll go for a one-one draw. Take a draw, girl. Yeah, <laughs> all day long. Yeah, I think. Uh, not as you say, they're. Uh, They've not been scoring many goals, Ben. They've not been conceding many. They've not been scoring many goals. <laughs> so uh, it's got it's got a, another live Everton uh, entertainment <laughs> what, um, <laughs> game on. I don't know if you saw yesterday, we picked up some quotes from Sean Dyche's presser where he was asked quite directly, did you dodge a bullet with the Everton job? And yeah. he went, there was no bullet to dodge. Yeah. What do you think he meant by that? I wasn't approached or you can never call Everton a bullet because it's a massive football club. Or they're not. They were never as bad as people made out. Or I think. Um, I think maybe he meant that he was. He wasn't even considering it. Okay. Maybe he's got. He's got such a good relationship with Burnley's. He was in an even better position at that time than he is now. Got a new maybe, contract as well. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he was. 
he he just chosen Burnley like whether or not Everton did come in for an off- with or, an offer we don't know. Or they could have like had a discussion but not fired any bullets. <laughs> like, like the JFK assassination. <laughs> <thing, laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Next week's pod JFK. Yeah. He was on a grassy knoll at the time eh, when he was doing the press conference. Now I think that was quite a diplomatic answer, isn't it? Mm. No saying a lot but not saying anything, you know. Interesting. Going to be an interesting afternoon for Michael Keane as well. Yeah. Mm. Dice said he expected him to get a very good reception, which I think everybody would expect. Mm. Now, without without going to, over the top, but you would think he would be particularly eager to have a good game. Mm. Well, yeah. he, he said yesterday that he feels like he's in the best form of his Everton career so far. I think he started started each of the last four games, which is yeah. which is good. Is that, is that one of his best runs? Is that him? Uh, you know, I don't disagree necessarily him saying he's in his best form of his Everton career, the asterisk on right. the st- mm. But that's not as good as he was at Burnley. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. But, it's so, but I, I agree. There's, there's green shoots of improvement there, mm-hmm. isn't it? Compared to a while back. Um, and um, I agree. So, the fact he's played four on the spin, which is probably a record for one of our central defenders <laughs> this year, to be fair, yeah. for lots of different reasons. And it'd be good to see him play tomorrow. Sometimes it can make four and against you going against mm. your former club, can't it? Well, he's, he's got something to prove, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And similarly, Aaron Lennon will have something to prove against us. Yeah, it'd be great to see Aaron Moan again. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. It was a, an entertaining podcast, as ever. We covered a lot of ground, mainly about Big Sam and his pre-match press conference which was fascinating you can read all of all of the fallout from that uh, online today and then obviously some extra stuff throughout the day and this evening and tomorrow with uh, some extra time we got with him afterwards where we asked him about various topics including Steve Walsh and his own future so stay tuned for that but thanks very much for listening to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer and stick with the Echo for all the best blues news and analysis and if the game's on tomorrow no, we will let you know thanks very much <laughs> Do. Oh, Lewis ball in. Chance for Rooney.